welcome to the Bottom Up Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Rachel, Program Director at Strong Towns. Today's episode features two people who are founding members of a co-op in Cleveland. Now, you might be familiar with food co-ops or housing co-ops, but this is a laundry co-op. Marilyn Burns and Leah Ross are part of a group of residents in the Woodhill neighborhood of Cleveland, who, through surveys and outreach, learned that a majority of their neighbors do not have access to a nearby washer or dryer. This might seem like a small thing, depending on your life situation, but it's such a fundamental and basic component of really human dignity and independence. Being able to show up at a job or school with clean clothes, especially during this time of COVID when everyone is more attuned to hygiene concerns and you've got like masks you're trying to watch. This should be something that everyone's able to do, um, but it's simply not the case for so many people, particularly in this neighborhood. And so Burns and Ross are collaborating with neighbors to get a cooperative laundromat started. You will, in this conversation, definitely hear them mention a couple of other people who've also been involved in this effort, like Morgan Bulger, who's helping to facilitate the co-op. In this interview, Burns and Ross get into what it's like to start a neighborhood-based effort like this one. They talk about all the important steps along the way, including gathering people together, doing your research well, finding funding, and building support for the effort. And all their work is rooted in a dedication to listening to neighbors' needs rather than prescribing an outcome. This is community engagement in the truest sense, from the bottom up, from the people who live here. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Marilyn Burns and Leah Ross of the Wood Hill Community Co-op. Marilyn Burns and Leah Ross, thank you for joining me for this episode of the Bottom Up Revolution podcast from Strong Towns. We're so glad to have you here. Thanks. Glad to be here. I would love to start by hearing a little bit about each of you and um, your community, however you define that, your neighborhood, your city. Um, So Marilyn Burns, can we start with you? My community. Well, I live, I am a resident of Woodhill Homes Estate. I have been here for 17 years. I'm a community leader and advocate. I do a lot of events and try to help people with their issues here because in uh, communities such as this, there are a lot of disparities. So I try to dispel some of them, try to help people get over the hurdles that they're dealing with and just try to help them move forward. Thank you. That's great to hear. Leah Ross, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your community? I'm Leah. I'm a resident of Buckeye Wood Hill. I've been living in the neighborhood for almost five years now. Um, I'm a lifelong Clevelander, but made the like just smartest choice in the world of moving into the city. It's great. Um, and I and I value so much the connections and the relationships uh, that I've built as a city resident. My husband and I are, run a nonprofit called New City Cleveland, uh, which seeks to empower neighborhoods through faith, equity, and justice. And so part of my role as a nonprofit leader and part of my role as a resident and neighbor 
is to, yeah, be, be boots on the ground, be participating in the empowerment and the elevation of the neighborhood. So it is a passion and it's also what I get to do. The focus of our conversation today is especially the uh, Woodhill Community Co-op that you both are part of. And I would be interested to hear the story of how this co-op came to be. Marilyn, maybe you can start and tell us about how this all happened. I met Morgan some time ago. Uh, she came here doing some surveys through CAFE. And so uh, I was a big part of that. She wanted to know the needs of people in uh, my community. So they did a study survey in 2018 through 2020. And a lot of things that was captured in that survey were the needs of some residents. So a laundromat and transportation, among a few other things, were the top things on the list. So we didn't have one here. And the way that this community is built, some apartments are set up to have a part, uh, a washer and dryer, but a lot of them aren't. So that left people, oh, we need a laundromat. We need to do this, you know. So Morgan talked about it afterwards, and she talked about it with me, and I'm like, oh, that would be a great thing to start a co-op. So I was like boots on the ground at the beginning of this project, and we started, uh, once again, I admired her so much because she started a lot of this work with funding out of her own pocket. And so it just grew and grew, and I, took, I know it took time. Rome wasn't built in a day, right? So as time progressed, it began to grow. People were more interested in yeah, having a co-op, having something that we own, having something that we can build and have sustainability about. So this is how all of this came about. So it's growing. It's, it's come a long way from the little seed that was planted in the ground. Now we can see this flower budding up coming out of the soil. And so I think that we're doing well on the right track. Leah, can you tell us about your involvement in this co-op project? I also early on um, met Morgan and Ashley and um, they invited me to the co-op meeting. Uh, I, I believe it was after... I had seen something, honestly, on Instagram. They were doing a bumper crop farms event, which was an urban farm in our neighborhood. And so I just kind of went down there and somebody needed a table and I happened to have a table. And so we just sort of linked up that way and started going to, in order to raise awareness about the co-op's uh, desire to tackle this laundromat problem. They were doing pop-up events uh, that provided laundry like detergent and different materials needed to do laundry to sort of raise awareness and connect and get residents to fill out surveys and so through that connected with them and was just like this is this is right in my neighborhood this is good stuff that's happening and it's neighbor led and it's neighbor empowered and so I yeah I just felt really excited about it and I'm glad to be a part of it I'm glad to see the energy that's growing behind it and what's actually going on. Yeah. So it sounds like there was this recognition of a real need for basic laundry access um, that this community does not have. Um, and you all you know, came together to try to address that. What has been the steps that you've taken so far to making that happen? Like, are you um, hoping to like build a laundry facility or how are you um, approaching this challenge? 
That could be a question for either of you. We had to first set up and find out what we had to do. So what we started off doing is having people come in and explain to us just what a co-op was, how it was ran. And then we started speaking to people who actually own laundromats, how it was set up, how it operated, and this and that and the other. So we had some homework to do uh, to lay a foundation at first. So once we started doing that, it just progressed into getting more people involved. Uh, we processes that had to be involved. We had to find uh, someone who would help us with funding. We started give as they said. We started giving events, getting pop ups. Uh, we had some down here where we gave away laundry detergent. We explained to people what a co op was. Then we started looking for possible properties, you know, uh, and all of, like I say, uh, Rachel, all of this is a process. It's a slow process. We're still in the process of learning what to do, how to do it. So uh, we've said we have some things in place already to uh, also build on our foundation on this co-op. So as I said, it's a steady pace. Um, we're looking to do more events for more fundraising. Also, a uh, space, whether it's going to be built, but we're hoping that it might be a structure already there and we could just do what needs to be done as far as that is concerned. But like I say, it's a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would add to that just like the part of raising awareness through the surveys was huge. I think like surveying the residents of the neighborhood and saying, hey, how often do you do your laundry? Where do you have to go? How do you get there? What's the biggest barrier? Um, And I think too, like with it emerging in the time of COVID, there was just a real awareness of like, hey, like people are struggling not only with their health and safety, but with just like the barriers of self-esteem. If you don't have clean clothes to wear and you're trying to go to a job interview or your kids are trying to go to school, then, you know, like there's, there's all types of just like dignity, issues of dignity and sort of social assurances that there's just barriers that we can actually take ownership over and, and do not wait for some solution to come in, but actually do the work ourselves to be the solution through working together and through problem solving, through strategizing, through using the assets in the group. Like I would speak to the group of the co-op now, like we have a lot of just intrinsic assets, like people who are really bright in certain ways and can help sort of think and strategize or connect us with somebody who has a business connection, who can think about, um, should we be a nonprofit or should we be LLC? And so really using the assets that are there to sort of spread even broader and connect with the resources that we need to, to address the problem of, of, inaccessible laundry services and to solve it. Yeah, I love that. I want to ask a little bit more about this, um, the the surveying and the outreach, because I think that's something that a lot of communities struggle with, particularly like say, you know, the government's trying to figure out if they should like put a crosswalk in or, or like do some change in the city and they, you know, post something online or in a newspaper and a bunch of people don't ever know about it and they don't, you know, they can't get to the public meeting or whatever. So it sounds like you guys have a really good sense of like 
how to reach people where they are to do activities that will get folks to come out and then like ask the questions that they, um, that you'll actually learn something from. So I just like, I really appreciate that. And I, if either of you want to add anything about like how you've approached that, that outreach piece, um, I would love to hear about how you went about that. As you said, surveys is the best way to find Mm-hmm. Earlier, Rachel, there are a lot of needs. So mm-hmm. uh, safety, transportation, laundry, I mean, the list just goes on and on. So I've been here like for a long time and I've always like approached any resident here is what is it that you need instead of coming in and telling you what you need. So it's always good to listen to what the feedback you can get from the community needs of the community is a big concern of ours and meeting people where they are and making sure that they feel good about themselves and encourage them. It does so much to the spirit of a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. I, I would only add to that, that like the pop-up events were a huge part of that because this picked up momentum during the pandemic. There were PPE grants that we were given of like, Hey, like if, if organizations, if community organizations are trying to give out PPE or trying to help people um, meet pandemic needs, there was funding for that. And so there was funding for a pop-up event that provided PPE, like just really, and when I say a pop-up event, I literally mean like a pop-up tent and a couple of tables and some music to get people mm-hmm. to come. Um, but you're, po- you're like right in the residential space. And so as they're coming to get PPE, to get uh, laundry products, um, also engaging them in this conversation of like, hey, like you're taking this laundry soap, like where do you do your laundry? What what are your needs? Like what are some of the barriers to having clean clothes and um, being able to gather information in sort of that relevant space and in proximity to them already? Like you said, not just waiting for somebody to to answer your survey or respond to your email, come to you, but to really just pop up in that space and say, hey, we're providing something. And in that exchange, maybe you can help inform what needs to happen here. Yeah, that's so smart. It seems so simple, but I think a, a lot of people who try to do that sort of outreach really fall flat because they're not not really plugged in and they're not really thinking about how to listen and meet people where they're at. So I admire that. And it also seems you know really important that you both live in this neighborhood. You're part of this community. You're not someone like coming from outside and saying, hey, I'm going to yeah plop something down that I think you need, but rather you, you know the need. So that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. So what are the next steps here for this um, co-op effort in terms of, I'm curious about the, the laundry effort specifically, and then also if there are other visions and goals that you have in the future. Marilyn, maybe we can start with you. Well, I'm hoping that we can grow from this. Let's say we've taken baby steps. Some people come there, they read, uh, they may have a uh, laptop computer. So I'm hoping it'll be just more than a laundromat. I'm hoping that it'll be a gathering place where people can just come together and uh, just greet each other, just be around each other. Because with this pandemic going on, everybody is so isolated. So I'm hoping that with this co-op, it'll just bring people together in a space where they can be comfortable, where they can come together and just, just, just enjoy each other's company. It can grow into maybe we can add a coffee shop or maybe a table, uh, like a space where they can do um, 
reading or bring their laptop or bring their children. Maybe we could have an area there that have a little play area for kids to play while you're doing your laundry. It is so many much possibilities that can help this grow. But as I say, it's a process. We're still learning about how to run a business, how to run a co-op, but we have come so far from where we started from. And it's, it's just a great thing to see. So as time goes on, we're just going to be on what we're already doing and going in a more positive direction. I would completely agree with that. I think seeing what exactly other co-ops do will be a huge part of it as well. Like we're planning, trying to figure out a trip down to Cincinnati so that we can observe um, some already existing co-ops down there uh, and learn from that model and see, you know, what works, what doesn't, what is like sort of long-term sustainable and what's not and sort of have a way to build what we're doing modeled after that. So I think that's a huge part as well. Yeah, the biggest thing is just going to be finding a location at this point. That's like really the next step, finding the location, finding the land, um, figure out where it's going to be, and then putting the pieces in place to build from there. So my last question for both of you is what advice would you have for other people that might want to do maybe something similar in their community or just generally who are seeing a need in their community and want to meet their neighbors and start to try to address that collectively? Marilyn, what advice would you share? If you can dream it, you can achieve it. I always start a project and I've been doing work in the community like almost 40 years. Not this particular one, but just all over the city. And my advice is, if you have a plan, you have to research it out. You have to find your pros and cons. You have to find, a, is it feasible? Can it be done? And just uh, stick with the plan. It's always good to have a collaborative team with you that is dreaming the same thing that you're dreaming. And then start to seek out, what do I need There are going to be struggles. There are going to be roadblocks. There are going to be disappointments. But I truly believe that if there's something that you really want, and if it's something that serves the community and the community's needs and they want it as well, then this thing can be done. Well said. Leah, do you have any advice that you would share for folks that might want to do a similar effort in their neighborhoods? My advice would be to uh, listen, listen, listen. Even if you are a resident, you are one person and your story is not the same as everyone. And so the first step is really getting in collective space and really listening, like listening to other people's experiences, their stories, their journeys up into this point, their goals and dreams for the future, their position in life. Like if you're a single mom versus if you're, you know, like a young, like fresh out of high school, trying to find a job, like your, your needs are going to be different and what you're looking for is going to be different. And so listening and really listening to hear both what are the strengths and what are the needs? Because I think a lot of time people think about like communities that need revitalization and they only think about the needs, but it's like in that, wherever there are people, there are resources because people are not blank slates and they're not empty. And so your people have strengths and resources that they can bring to any project. And a lot of times, you know, like we were talking about, the, the resources to solve the problems of the community are in the community. 
And if we really pull together and listen and hear for resources and needs, we can really, uh, I, I believe we can really tackle um, some of the issues in our neighborhoods and see empowerment and see improvement um, and see yeah, positive change. So yeah, I would definitely say listening. And then the last thing I would say would be like, just start small. Like I think the first step, you know, even with the big picture of, man, the community needs a reliable and close laundromat that folks can walk to or get to easily on the bus line. Even with that sort of big picture, the first step was starting small of like, let's make sure folks have soap, like laundry soap. Or let's make sure pe- pe- folks have PPE. And in that way, sort of meeting those, um, meeting those needs in those spaces and listening as well. So starting small, just like, what does it take to gather some people? Um, and using that gathering to keep listening and then eventually, yeah, you're going to hear what your, maybe your big picture thing is right. What you thought it was at the beginning, or maybe it's different based on what you're hearing as you listen. So, yeah. Thank you both of you for being part of this conversation and where could someone go if they wanted to learn more about this effort or, um, are, are y'all fundraising for this work at this point? Is that something people can support? Yeah, absolutely. There is fundraising that's happening. Um, The easiest way to connect is on Instagram uh, or Facebook and Instagram handle is Woodhill Co-op. And so there you can find more information about what we're doing, how to connect, how to, how to contribute to fundraising um, and uh, yeah, follow along with the journey. Great. I will make sure to share those links for our listeners. So Marilyn Burns and Leah Ross, thank you for joining me for this podcast. Really appreciate the chance to talk with both of you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for reaching out. All right. I'm glad we got to feature that conversation. You know, laundry is is not something I ever thought we would be covering in this podcast, but I love it. And I'm so glad we're talking about it because it's really important, especially in this neighborhood. And I think there's a lot of takeaways for all sorts of community efforts that you might be working on in your own area. So if something uh, inspired you from this conversation or others, if you're doing something to make your community stronger, please let me know in a voicemail or an email. You can send that to rachel at strongtowns.org. Finally, remember that all our efforts here at Strong Towns are supported by membership. A huge portion of our funding comes from just small donations, five, ten dollars a month, and it really makes all the difference. It's not even just about the money. Um, it's not even mostly about the money. It's about knowing that people are out there in their communities making their places stronger bit by bit every day. And becoming a member is a huge way that you let us know that you're out there doing that. And then it plugs you into this community of people all over the country who are doing that work too. So join as a member at strongtowns.org slash membership. Thanks for listening, y'all. Take care. Have a great week. I will see you back here for the next episode.